11 and mm-hmm. I still had I still had quite a bit of liquid in both bottles one was perpetuum which is calories and the other is uh fizz which is electrolytes and only 10 calories so <clears throat> I was able to you know refill get some new stuff and and go on and then from that 11 mile mark we were running like 830 pace in a in a runnable section and uh you know kind of flat single jeep trail i'd call it nice dirt <clears throat> no rocks and we came to what's called twin sisters it's just this climb it peaks and then it climbs again and <clears throat> i i started noticing my heart rate was starting to go up but by mile seven I want to say I I was already dripping sweat off of my hat and then I was looking at pictures that someone took of me at that equestrian aid station and and my shirt was soaked even my shorts and I'm like man okay so I got to twin sisters <clears throat> and Ted my friend dropped me right there and and I I was kind of slow to go and recovering on the downhill but then I knew I had a big challenge coming in another climb called ice cream and I mean, I was, it's very steep. I would say it would be a great hardened Earl course, but it was very steep and, you know, there's some big step ups. So like you have to do lunges and crunches because you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a ski pole race. You don't need them for the whole race. So doing my, and I'm just letting people go. And, and, you know, again, I'm looking at my heart rate. I'm like, holy smokes, I cannot get my heart rate down. So I, I got to the top of ice cream. I knew it was a long downhill after that. <clears throat> and it, it was just, I could run maybe four or 500 yards then I had to stop and this, you know, the stars and stuff that were kind of going on in my head. And then, uh, so that's about mile 13 or 14. And this section is a particularly long one between aid stations. So I knew I was like, just get to the next aid station. And I, I in my head, I was like, maybe I'll just pull it eight, eight mile 18. I've already finished the race twice before that, you know, I've done the full hundred K. So it was just my goal to just finish under 14 hours and do it quicker. So, I'm like, well, it's not my day. Let's just pull out. <clears throat> but got there. My buddy was there waiting for me. And, you know, we just, let's just aid station, aid station. Let's just do that. And so, sure. And so I got some lube on my toes. I had a big blood blister because coming down on these rocks. And I don't know, I I forgot to cut pieces of KT tape to wrap my toe. And just another mistake I made. But I was just cantankerous. And then I continued on. I tried to have um, uh, peanut butter and jelly square basically and i could get like two bites and i just threw it in the woods for some animal to pick up later and some welch's fruit chews or something i, I didn't even bother opening them so i get i do get to the next aid station and uh he's just like look that's already you know four of 12 segments done you're you're making progress and i'm like yeah but you don't understand my heart i cannot get it to come down <clears throat> next section's relatively flat and I said, also, there's climbs and, and crappy rocks, a lot of rocks. And uh, I get to the to the last aid station, and the, he's not supposed to run with me on the first loop, but the assistant race director was there, and I I know those guys, and uh, they allowed him to run with me. So we ran in. I got to mile. I, I mean, I had just finished 24 ounces of water. I got to mile 28, and I started vomiting, but it was just like tar balls. It was weird. It was really weird and it took me 22 minutes to do mile 28 to 29 and then you know i had a couple more episodes <laughs> coming to the finish shoot and i go to my i said to my buddy jason i'm like jason i think i'm about to boot in front of all these people on the finish shoot so i got through the finish shoot as quick as i could and i made the decision in my mind i i, I said i'm gonna tell the volunteer to take my timing chip and uh because I don't want to make a stupid decision. All my a bunch of other friends that ran the uh, 50k or, or were crewing were in there. They're like, and I didn't want them to talk me into it. So I had them take my chip, and and I went over to talk to those guys, and then I had to sprint back towards my RV because I was about to have another episode. So, um, in the end, it was the right decision. I'm I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was dehydration, and I just. I couldn't catch catch back up and then and then i had the cramping issues like i mentioned just on the verge of it so but i'm already looking forward to the next race i'm looking at uh, a race in february so um you know the, the only disappointment was that i i had such quality training going into it and i was coming kind of, even with that crappy result um i was ahead of my goal time so uh wow. so yeah That's yeah awesome. i need yeah i needed to be 13 30 pace and i was like 12 30 so um I was still pretty excited. So 
Anyway. That's incredible. Oh my God. Like major kudos to that. I, I just Thanks. started running again this last year um, after taking about a year and a half off because of my health. And I cannot imagine doing that pace right now. You know, it's, it's <laughs> funny. It's, it, you, you can, you, you can, I promise you can. And I always, yeah. well, I played college baseball and we got punished and for, I don't even remember what we did, but we had to run five miles. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing on earth. Running is so dumb. I hate this. This is gross. You know, it was true punishment. Yeah. And, me uh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm just like, this is, this is so bad. And then when I was in my twenties, I got talked into running the Houston marathon by some, I was working for the Houston Rockets at the time and they were with the Houston arrows a minor league hockey team. that's not there anymore. And, uh, you know, they both done it and they talked me into it and, I would get excited to wake up on a Saturday morning at four in the morning to go run 14 miles with the group. Right. And, yeah. and my mindset changed and my mentality changed. And, and, and then I, I moved from Houston to Dripping Springs, Texas to Austin area. And <clears throat> I'm looking for runners to, to train with and just do stuff. And of course the group I find, they're all ultra runners are all hundred milers and different. I'm like, they're like, you're doing Bandera. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not, you know, I'm like 26.2 is enough for me. And then I went out and trained and did it and was like, holy smokes, it's it's when you do the 100K, it's like you get to that same 20 mile mark and you get the heavy legs from a marathon. It's the same feeling and it just maintains through the rest of the other 42 miles. It's it's that. But, you know, with a course like Bandera, it's, you know, really punchy climbs and really rocky terrain. So, you know, you do walk quite a bit. You walk. So, you know where you can't run and you run the runnables and and then manage it from there and there's there's some mental places there's one place called the horse track it's a it's a mile long loop in this field it's just it's so gross it's just you're in your head and then you know you have another flat coming to the yaya aid station and as easy of a section it is it's probably mentally the toughest because there's no rocks enough you're just looking at you know dirt and <clears throat> so anyway um yeah you totally can do it it's just a matter of just in you know that increase in your your percentage of training and and uh yeah. and just taking your time and easing into it so yeah yeah for sure that's that's my goal for this this coming year is to get into that kind of shape my goal for last year was um i really wanted to do a half marathon and i was training i was training because i've never done a run like that before i did my first 5k this year as well because i've nice. never done like an actual run for like a competition or whatever. Yeah. I used to run with the military all the time. My ex-husband okay. was military and I had a job where I essentially had to go do PT with them all the time. So I was running like 13 miles a day. And back then I was in my nice. early 20s. I was running six minute miles, but I'm not 30 or I'm like <laughs> in my 30s now. I'm not 20 anymore. Um, and I'm only five feet tall, so it's like super fast for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey, it's the turnover. My even my it, coach said you need to have 90 steps a minute. You know, you need to be quick, yeah. quick feet. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I I did really well in my training. I got to I was doing um, 20 miles twice a week. Um, so I was like, so for me, I'm in North Dakota right now, and there's not really a whole lot of elevation here. So I figure. <laughs> If I could run 20 miles in no elevation, that when I went to run my half marathon in Arizona in elevation, it's not a ton, but it's like 4,000 yeah. feet, that I would be able to do that no problem. For sure. And then uh, I ended up getting injured, actually, uh, and then I wasn't able to go um, to, to my <laughs> half marathon. But I was like, so mentally, I was just kind of like really upset because it was kind of the same thing. I trained so hard, you know, I worked from April when I started to the half marathon was supposed to be in December. So like, I just missed it. Um, and I was really upset. It's just really hard to get over mentally. So like, how, mm -hmm. how are you yeah. getting past that? Yeah, I, I think for me, and, and this actually can roll into sponsorship too. For me, the, the, I think it's easier because I had completed the distance twice. I've completed that race twice. And, and so I was looking back and telling myself, if that was my first time running that, would I have stopped or would I have figured things out, gathered myself at the halfway point? Because it's it's two, two loops. So I had plenty of people to help and different things. And I, I think had it been my first, I probably would have continued on and not worried about the time. But since I had goal time and the way my health was feeling, you know, some internal organ stuff, you know, maybe it was from the vomiting or what, but 
you know, I just said, okay. Even a few hours later, I was like, man, maybe I should have gone back out, you know, questioning myself and it's, but it's okay. You know, it, you can't do that. You can't beat yourself up about that. And, and uh, again, it was, it, it all kind of came down to the, you know, you put in the work, you did the work, even if you're a motorsports person, you're putting in the work and you're not seeing sponsor results, you're not seeing stuff, you know, you kind of can tend to beat yourself up about it, but, you know, mentally you have to, you know, take a step back, look at it and say, you know, the, the time will be right. You know, it, it's, it's in his time being a Christian religious person, it, you know, it, it just, it wasn't the right, the right setting, right thing. So I, I <clears throat> I'm at peace with it. I really am. You know, I, I was jealous of my buddies coming across the finish line later that night, but, um, you know, but I was there, I had an RV, they came in, you know, we celebrated their accomplishments and, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it's a cool community. It really is a cool community. And, and, uh, you know, when you're keeled over at mile 28, letting your insides come out, and then you pass that person that just saw you and you're like, weren't you the guy that was just, and, you know, so, uh, you know, I think mentally it's just, it's something you just have to accept. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. there's, and I said it in my social media post is that there's good days and bad days and and that it just wasn't my day that day and and uh you know the right time will come and yeah same with with sponsorships with 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 people seeking you know those results and they you know you get and this can come from both sides of the table but you, you know you you're out there looking for Sherco sponsors you know and and you get told no a hundred times and then you get the one yes and it's you know the big win and, and you kind of it brings yourself up but there's a lot of peaks and valleys peaks and valleys and there's a correlation between business and uh, you know endurance sports and particular particularly ultra running from you know personal traits to uh you know how you manage business so i think there's a lot of good crossover there <clears throat> sorry long-winded answer no. to you <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very interesting. So that's great. For Thank sure. You. Yeah, you bet. No, I'm I'm all for it. I 100% agree. This is actually a really great thing to bring up. Um, I was just having a conversation with Zach. Zach just had a had a valley. He was riding a high. He got like 10 sponsorships in less than two months. It was insane. He just like skyrocketed. And then he had about a four month stall out where all he was getting was products and he was getting mad because he wasn't getting paid and Courtney was struggling with the same thing and and for both of them I told them it's not that you don't have value it's just that you're talking to the wrong people you know it's yeah. it's just a matter of like stop thinking so much of of all of these people are telling me no it's like no if if all of those people are telling you no and they're all the same type of people you should consider like a different if something's not working you got to change something a little yeah. bit yeah I saw so, your post and I don't know if it was from today or not, where you're talking about everyone's hitting the same people within the industry. And so to look, you know, all the endemic people, sure. I mean, we get hundreds and hundreds of messages and resumes and, and things every day. And, and you know, it's, it, it's, you're right. It's finding that non-endemic that it's like, wow, I didn't realize that these people have this kind of money or it's this you know, demographic or so. Yeah, that's a very fair, very fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it all spar. I was telling Angel this. Somebody was texting Nick, and they said like he shared one of my sponsorship posts, and they were all like, "Oh, there's no money in dirt biking anyway." And I was like, "That's such a such a stupid phrase because there's billions of dollars in dirt biking. It's just it's already like put somewhere. Now you have to grow it yourself. Like you have to you have to bring it in. You can't just expect it to all get perfectly dis." Placed, you know if right. if all of the endemic brands goals is to like grow the sport if you are not actively growing the sport and it's just you you got to get the money to help them grow the sport yeah it's the cost benefit of you know from the oem side it's not just growing the sport because growing the sport adds numbers adds potential sales but it's that it's certainly that you know that outlook for someone like you know, Sherco, for example being such a small and newer brand only been founded in 1999 and you know in the united states very very little in terms of uh exposure up until about 2019 you know they'd average about 200 200 units 250 units between trials and enduro and, and then you know 
really put some effort into this and, and grow, but doing it from a husband and wife team or just the importers, right? Versus, you know, a peer mobility group with KTM, Husky, Gas, Gas, and Felt Bicycles. And, you know, they, <laughs> I've seen some dealerships where they, you know, a couple dealerships had more motorcycles on their floor than we had in our warehouse at the time. And uh, so again, we're just looking for, we're not looking to be them for sure, but it's where's that growth going to come? How are how are you going? What's the cost benefit for me? Whether that's the cost of what it costs for a motorcycle to give to you to use to do your thing, whether it's whatever it may be, a teacher, a racer, you know, whatever it may be, and getting us the exposure so that you know there's several funnels within the marketing uh paradigm, and and is it the brand awareness, people consideration to buy the buy the customer loyalty and referrals and then you know we all float uh as the tides rise so yeah that's very very fair point so finding people outside of the industry is is crucial uh you know bringing in bringing in those people and and seeing that those new dollars and in, into the sport like you said Catherine, it it uh, gets more people involved more people enthused more people riding you know more customers and 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 lifelong customers i'm sure because everyone will get hooked once they get on a dirt bike so <laughs> yeah that's the other one that i didn't even think about is like now not only are we giving a business like say camping world right just because we've been kind of talking about them not only would there be a connection for camping world to get access to motorsports audience but now camping world has such a broad audience that they can then advertise that they're involved in motorsports and then their audience can get all they're like millions of people who love campers and stuff. They can do a raffle or a giveaway, whatever, for like a camping spot, you know. And now you have all of these campers all looking at MotoGP or Extreme Hard Enduro or all of these other crazy sports. So it's like the cross promotions that happen is is really underlooked. That's pretty cool. Agreed. Agreed for sure. <laughs> yep. And sorry, I feel I'm I I'm sort of like lull and null right now. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's from the race, but I'm I'm I feel like I'm coming down with something, so I'm trying to hydrate as much as I can. So I, I, I'm I'm sorry if I'm just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally fine. You're absolutely okay. fine. I spent okay. the last two days just smashing my body into the side of a mountain, so I'm with I you. I'm like I saw you. La 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 la. <laughs> um, <laughs> training out in king of the motos territory is something yeah. else i've never i've never been in the california crumble before so it's been quite the learning curve no doubt are you going to be at motos next weekend i don't think so um okay. but i will be at battle of the goats and oh, angels right, yeah. forcing me to run tennessee knockout so that's going to be okay. a thing apparently Sweet. good for you good for you yeah no i uh, thank you i leave tomorrow at uh 4 a.m so we're Myself and Claudio from Sherco are driving the rig across the country. We make Phoenix tomorrow, and then Johnson Valley on Thursday. Ooh wee! So yeah. Ooh wee! Yeah, I, I don't uh, mind. I I like seeing the country that way. It's kind of fun. Yeah, that's um. Angel's gonna start traveling the country with us, and I nice. think that's yeah. her whole thing too. <laughs> Cool. I've done a lot of traveling uh, between Arizona and Minnesota because those are the two places that I've lived. Um, so I've done a lot of that back and forth, but I haven't gone like coast to coast before. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty excited to kind of branch off of the one road that I've always been on and see other things. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. And so it'll be really cool. I'm going to actually, I'm going to be going out to California to uh, go hang out with Catherine what in like three weeks so yeah something like that'd that. be awesome very cool very cool so brian let's hear your lovely rant this is the question everybody wants to know what is the big pet peeve that all endemic brands that i'm just gonna give you the voice of endemic brands right now what's your number one pet peeve when somebody sends you a stupid instagram message that says please see the attached <laughs> and, and it's it's funny zach shared your your post on linkedin and and it just went through my mind instantly it's just laziness pure laziness you know not not looking into the brand and in my I, i'll use a a personal story my son he's a junior in high school and he's being recruited by colleges uh to play soccer at the next level and you know even college recruiters you know, say if you're going to write to a coach and you're going to send them your film of you playing soccer or riding a dirt bike or whatever it is, 
make sure you find some not icebreaker but something you might go to the college website see that the coach like in one instance one of the coaches grew up like in a couple towns over from me and found out that he knows a family friend and so that was the opening paragraph and did the coach respond yes and the coaches one particular school we visited was west texas a m up in the panhandle division two school and they the coaches each one of them the head coach the assistant coach and and graduate assistants they, they get over 150 emails a day from prospective college athletes so from Sherco, from myself our president ron solomon and others you know it's not that type of volume but it's it's pretty heavy so don't be lazy and just say hey I'm Angel or I'm Catherine. I ride a dirt bike and I have 800 followers or I have you know, 10,000 followers, whatever it may be. Look at who you're sending it to. And if you have my email address, who is Brian Cram? Look up what I've done or, or uh, research the company bits. Like I was really intrigued with the, you know, the Spanish heritage or the, the ties to Boltaco and the uniqueness of Sherco being a combination of Boltaco and the Sherpa Model T. That's really cool. And, you know, just something that, I'm not going to instantly just file it in the circular file, which, you know, in the old days and just throw it in the trash can. So, um, <laughs> so the main thing is just not be lazy, do some research, find out something about the company, find out something about the bike, some, you know, something that's going to make me want to open it and want to see more or want to learn more about you, um, as an individual, as a person, first and foremost, because I'm, we're, way more concerned with what type of person you are rather than you know just results because you know if you're getting results but you're not a great person you know so anyway we're, we're going to do the same thing we're going to go right back and, and look into you and find out something so number one is my number one it just it's the canned message sometimes they'll even if they are good enough to put the person's name in they, they forget to change the name or brand in their canned email um or message you know usually it's it's pretty it's pretty it's not very robust it's very uh, simple and you know i'm i'm joe schmo and you know uh, i ride in the you know the b class in the indiana series and you know i'm really looking to get results and we know we all we all want to win but are you you know it's everyone says oh you know I, my goal is to win 10 races next year well of course, it was my goal to win Bandera too. I just knew it wasn't going to happen. You know, the, the winner finished in seven hours and 44 minutes and broke a course record. So um, it's just, you know, so laziness on, is is by far my number one pet peeve in that situation. So, Brian, I've got a couple questions for you. Um, and just so that I don't lose my train of thought, the first one, because I'm not going to ask this question, is Angel, remind me to ask him about the multi-million dollar deal. And then, so on that, <laughs> Brian, how important is it for somebody to have value outside of their social media or their racing for you guys in endemic brands? Because when you said that, like, oh, I just want to win, you know, what do athletes do when they get injured for, for endemic brands or, or sponsorships that when all they did was pitch race, 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 you know, yeah. what? Yeah, I can even comment on that at the pro level, you know, Cody Webb for a year there had he he was broken quite a bit he had a few injuries and wasn't wasn't able to compete in the hard enduro series and uh i'm sorry the end of the hard enduro series and then enduro cross when he had that injury at tko and the, the day after tko um but he did everything he could to stay relevant and you know be uh be an ambassador for the brand still and whether that was you know doing zooms doing you know interviews being on podcasts and, and different things and just getting the brand out there and, and continue to be out front instead of just saying well i'm just a racer so that's all i have to worry about is just racing my dirt bike and it's it's not that and, and it's more than just than social media it's it's being a community member volunteering at the local tracks or trails and and doing that kind of customer service or customer service, sorry community service and things like that and doing it in, in a Sherco t-shirt or you know when or, or, or showing up maybe it's a, a trail cleaning day and you have a chainsaw on the front and, and maybe people don't know much about your bike and your setup and you said well why don't you just take it for a ride so yeah just being involved 
outside of just racing, but just you, you don't necessarily even have to be a racer to be someone that is attractive to a brand. You know, there's there's people out there that, that clearly have, have proven that. But, um, you know, racing is the the heart blood of, of what supports motorsports, whether it's four wheels or two wheels. And you know, that's where a lot of research and development and then the next level comes up of the younger athletes and things. But uh, to answer your question a little more succinctly is, is just staying involved in your local community, especially if you're not, you know, this big AMA pro. Um, and and it's sort of the, the Tito's vodka model where Tito Beveridge, the founder of, of Tito's, he he wanted to own Austin before he owned Texas, before he owned the Southeast, Southwest, and then all of the United States and his models working. And, and similar with someone's personal brand, you know, they they should almost like people say, oh, that person's a gym rat. Well, that person should be a shop rat. And, you know, go to the shop, go to the dealership, and and maybe there's some some uh, co-promotional opportunities, not just with the OEM, not just with some aftermarket parts. Maybe the aftermarket parts company loves to work with X dealer, and there's some co-op that's done, and, you know, whether it's they 50-50 they some kind of deal. So be there, show your face, go to the races, be go to the trails, go to the rides, the dual sport rides, whatever they may be. So just be involved actively in the community. Heck yeah. Um, oh, no, I lost my train of thought. Angel, do you have any questions based off of that? I had it and then I lost it. <laughs> um, Not really questions. I think that's that's really cool, though. I I think that integrity for me personally has like always been a big thing. Um, and that's kind of what I guess sums up what you just said, I think, is that people who have integrity are really like people who you would want to work with. Right. Is that for sure? That right, essentially? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, absolutely. to me, to me, integrity is like you're going to do the thing, whether or not you have that backing or whether or not people are watching you. Um, you're still going to do it because that's how you feel, how you like, I guess uh, you're passionate about it or whatever. And that really shows through in my opinion. So. Right. I bet you the two of you can, can name five people off the top of your head that you say, that's a good person. That's a person I'd want to be associated with from a personal standpoint. And so just take that up, you know, a hundred notches and say, okay, from a brand standpoint, that's a person we'd like to be associated with. And you know, depending on morals beliefs or 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 the other side of the spectrum you know you're just whatever you may be looking for so um yeah yeah that that's definitely a good summation uh of not just the social and digital side but and of course race results as you said so just being engaged being uh someone that you want to be associated with Ryan, okay this is a different question than the one i originally wanted to ask but my favorite my favorite thing ever is when people think that if they make it to the top of their club, there's going to be a scout there that'll find them. Is that true? Are there are there people hiding in the bushes, places like hunting for hunting for real people, or is it always you have to go, you have to go find uh, somebody to take their first chance on you? That's a that's a good one, and uh, <laughs> I can say personally that you know when you when you race certain series like we do you're certainly paying attention to results from the other classes from even all the way down to C class and how young are they? And while he doesn't ride a Sherco, there's, there's one boy in particular, that I think is phenomenal. They just call him Kana boy, sorry, from Hawaii. And, uh, his mom, his family are just super family, like just super cool people. And the kid gets results left and right. And it's just a situation it was at, you know, it's not, it wasn't my call. Um, but I, I think he'll be in a next star and you, know, you kind of see that, you know, through the results. And then, you know, some of the kids that are that are riding for us, obviously, we we saw the same thing. Seth Steiner, Riley Bender and some of these kids that, uh, you know, impress early on. And yeah, you, you do see him at, at the races and things. So it's not like we're we're uh, hiding out with binoculars and stuff, but uh, <laughs> but certainly you know, we're there, you get to know families. I mean, the, I found quickly when I came to work for Shergo that that motorcycle, the motorcycle industry is way smaller than you think. It's like so many people know so many people. It's it's obviously a vast industry, but it's so many paths intersect and intertwine. And, and uh, so, yeah. And then, of course, 
you know, you look across the board at different series and stuff, and and I can't say anything right now, but there's some um, some some riders that we're going to support in different go fast series that um, again, just one of them was outreach to us. One of them, I I saw the individual ride at a race, and um, again, these aren't factory one Sherco riders, but they they are they were worthy of uh, of some support. So. Yeah, we're looking at other series. We're looking within the series, and that that goes for every OEM. And you know, because the best way to to sell bikes is with results and with good people, um, as we said. So, or as I said, so I, I think that's a great question. But I, I, you know, for sure, there's still a lot of people that we may have no idea about because they are racing Indiana cross country racing, and they're the best. But we just don't know. We're not following. We're a small company, so. You know, whereas other people may have those quote unquote scouts or regional teams and such, you know, like KTM has so many different, uh, you know, regional teams or trail gestures and others. And so they they can have those feeder systems. And so we're 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 getting to that point. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think for sure some of it comes from the inbound, but, you know, a lot of it's on us noticing talent out there. Good question. That's really good information, actually, because, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, it's funny. And so you have a very outgoing personality, very, very likable, very easy to talk to, you know, approachable, obviously someone that, you know, you came to me and said, Could I, would I do this? And, you know, some people I would, I would probably say no, but in the same way, in the paddock, there's people like that too. So when they're coming through the pits and stuff and, and they approach our tent and they engage in conversation, you get to know them and that you know really sets the bar lifts the bar and uh and so you know that's another thing don't be shy don't don't fade away like sometimes i get frustrated with my son because i'm like here's an opportunity here's there's one of the coaches right there go talk to him you just go introduce yourself you know go say hello just so they know your name and remember your name when they see logan cram you know scored a goal and had an assist and you know had all these oh that's the kid i met oh you know so it's the same way oh yeah isn't that that kid that we met at ever at round one of enduro cross you know so same same thing be a approach and be approachable is there a tactic uh, uh, outside of the icebreaker to get yourself remembered more have better repetition uh, that's, a, that's a really good question um what is a tactic that would it's just don't be lazy and again just for me that is what's going to have is like from a from a business side i get hit up on linkedin almost every day by probably 10 to 15 marketers that have the newest ai the newest this 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 that, that you know we need to use and most of them i just ignore 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 i you know obviously I, I read a little bit and i'm just like no no and then there's the there's the few that i i will take the time to respond to Thank you. We're all set for now, but I'll keep you in mind. Again, it was because of something they would have said in the first few lines of their, you know, again, they connect and then sometimes I get that message within a minute. I'm like, yeah, no. But the, the other people that take time to to write something thoughtful or those are those for me, they just they, they stand out. I'll remember some of those people. So I don't know if there's a, a great tactic, but you know, if you see me in person, say hello, you know, say, you know, I, I remember you from instagram or whatever so i don't know so that's a that's a really good question but for me again just don't be lazy don't be afraid to approach someone and do your homework heck yeah all right well on the topic of homework brian there's a a birdie on your linkedin that tells me and also you've told me that you managed to sign a million dollar deal off of a jersey yeah yeah multi-million dollar deal multi-million dollar deal are you able to talk about how you managed to make that happen yeah yeah so what what Catherine's referring to is i worked for the houston dynamo in major league soccer and um the that was 2006 and 2007 major league soccer made it uh made allowed teams to sell the commercial rights to the front of this the jersey much like it's done everywhere else around the world and um I'd been talking to a retail electric provider because in the state of Texas, in most markets in the state of Texas, electricity is deregulated. So I could buy 
Excel Energy or I could buy NRG or whatever it may be. So there was this really small brand called Amigo Energy, and they just wanted to get in front of Dynamo fans. And, and we were talking about a $25,000 deal. And the more I was listening to them and what their what their needs were, um, I came back to them and said, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but you should really consider being our jersey sponsor. How much is it? Well, it's seven figures. Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's let's have a conversation. So in in the end, one of the main reasons I was able to secure the deal was, again, definitely listening to what their business objective was to finding out more about how they're going to acquire customers. And it turned out they had a $50 per customer acquisition cost. Right? So if they wanted Angel or Catherine to sign up, they would spend $50 to get you to sign up. That's That was basically per person. So I said, well, did you know that an, a, an authentic Adidas jersey with your logo on it costs $35? And we could have them at the jersey. We could be obviously selling them. But one if people came up to your booth switch their electric provider to you and they got a free jersey everyone when the jersey changes they want a brand new one so they thought about it they went to the board and i think it was just over a million dollars the first year and then you know it was minimum three-year deal and it worked for them they went from like the 36th ranked retail electric provider to the top 10 and again, everyone wanted the jersey, the, the free jersey, and all all they're doing was switching their electricity from, I don't know, direct energy or somebody else. And you know, you're talking pennies when you, you know you talk about margins and electricity. And so, you know, to me, if I'm spending a penny difference to get the free jersey, like, but I I don't go to a soccer game thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go sign up for a new cell phone, my retail electric or whatever. And and it worked. It worked for them. And um yeah and then i sold another multi-million dollar uh, jersey deal to green star energy which is a recycling company so i was the first person in major league soccer to sell not only one but two jersey sponsorships before some teams had even sold their first so uh yeah proud and then when we opened uh what was bbva compass stadium um i'd sold the majority of the founding partnerships they're like two hundred fifty thousand dollars and up so um yeah, it's just having understanding the company's needs. And like I said, they literally were about to sign a $25,000 deal. And we took that to seven figures. And uh, because we figured out a solution for them to convert people to their electricity. That's an amazing activation. And it's that that makes me geek out only the, <laughs> so because I'm having the same problem with like my sponsorship class, right? My cost of acquisition is super duper high. So I just got a marketing coach. And one of the things they're talking about is the most incredible free gift ever. The myth is what they're talking about. And it's okay. exactly, it's like sign somebody into a continuity program by giving them other free stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy how, how business marketing is exactly what sponsorship is. You know, it's, there's so many different ways to solve the same problem. And it's just the questions you ask companies seriously make a difference in how much they're willing to pay you. True. It's, you're you're spot on saying, I mean, sponsorship is marketing. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. from, the, from the first days, I mean, it was first days of sports sponsorships was actually called advertising. It was advertising, you know, baseball walls or, or whatever. And it just kept evolving and evolving, evolving, you know, clearly you know, long gone are the days. And I think I mentioned this before, just slapping a logo on a bike or your jersey or something. And, and you know, saying, I hope it works for you. No, you have to show results. And whether it's driving them to e-commerce or to brick and mortar, being being super creative. So you, the person, have to think like a marketer instead of how am I going to just generate revenue? No, how am I going to generate revenue for them, which is in turn going to, you know, work out for me. So, um, yeah, no, you said it right there. It's, sponsorship is marketing for sure. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the most important questions to ask a business when you're trying to figure out like how you could help them? What are what are some of the key questions that that you have had that you think are really great? Yeah, or that I ask because I'm responsible for these logos and yep. you know, from so I, I get it from both sides of the table. And for me, when 
a lot of people get caught up saying how they think they can help the company and they may be completely wrong. And and I'll go back to to Houston Dynamo. You know, some people don't need tickets and hospitality. Some people just need digital, social and digital and such. So I typically get into just a quick introduction if they don't know the brand, a quick overview of the brand and such. But then I quickly deflect and say, you know, really, I, I'm I'm here because I want to learn about your objective. What and I usually go, what what moves the needle for you or for your brand? And, you know, how are you accomplishing your objectives? From there, I'd like to see if I can formulate something from our end that can meet those objectives. Because you you can't go into every situation thinking you have the perfect solution for somebody and don't try to force it on someone. Sometimes there's companies that might have dollars to spend, but their objectives are different than the solutions you have to provide. And, and you're going to fight for that just to get turned down eventually and you're going to you're going to just spin your wheels in the mud so sometimes you just have to you know cut bait or fish and that you know sometimes just cut and go and say you know i i don't think i can achieve that and don't pretend like you can you know like i'm how, how do i how do i get these people that thing that they want that i don't have so yeah it, the the thing for me is just just going as quickly turning the conversation to them to tell you what they're doing currently that's whether they need new users or data or whatever you know whatever their objective is and then you can say well i think i have some unique ideas to 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 do that for you and it's usually in that intro email too it's like i have a few unique ideas that i think could help but i want to make sure i want to you know i'd like to learn from you and see what what helps on the business side and the business objectives that's a good one i like that I'm gonna I'm gonna pluck that out of here and I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Wow. I'm learning so much. <laughs> it's always fun when you like have a conversation. Like Angel, is any of this clicking for you? I've been coaching Angel. She's like my my sidekick along this podcast where it's <laughs> we're documenting because everybody says it's really easy for me to get sponsorships because I'm a business and not a not an individual. So with the TKO challenge, what I'm doing is, is I'm documenting the process of how I'm getting sponsorships as an individual for that specific event. So yeah. Angel's been along for the ride for that. Okay. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm basically coming from like no no background in well, I have a little bit of like a marketing HR background, but I I don't have any experience with like true sponsorships or anything. Um, so I'm like the impartial person who's learning with everybody in the audience. So I'm asking <laughs> questions that those people probably are thinking of. So um, but everything that you've been saying, it's funny because I'm like, oh yeah, we talked about that in this episode, and we talked about this in this episode, and I'm just like, this is exactly like it's all coming together for me yeah reinforcement sure well i'm glad yeah. to hear people i'm i'm on the right path anyway <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking more i'm on the right path but <laughs> okay good good oh good and i was gonna say i'm on the right path but <laughs> yeah <Good. Nice. laughs> but yeah no i yes. i think it's amazing it's it's everything that we've been talking about and it's been what three and a half four weeks of doing this and i have learned so much i feel like my brain's gonna explode <laughs> but it's like a lot to it, take in definitely it, I mean, it especially is. someone it that is. doesn't have the experience i mean my my path was ready to college selling tickets for the houston rockets and when i got that job i'm like so I, I pictured myself in a little booth you know printing tickets and, and i didn't realize i was in office calling people to a Saturday series pro-am, which is where I started talking to director level people about playing golf with pros to, you know, I had Texas A&M University sponsorships, Houston Dynamo sponsorships, Circuit of the Americas, and then, and then this. And so, you know, I, I've had years of experience doing this. I can't imagine doing this as a, you know, a young kid or a young adult, a 20 something that has zero experience. And yeah, I, I can see how someone could really you know really muddle the conversation quickly and you know and, and so you know this is this is good stuff for sure yeah yeah i i think it's really great that catherine is doing this and and kind of putting it out there for people because so many people and it's since doing this podcast these past few weeks i've been you know seeing stuff on social media and people um posting their racer resumes on like social media groups and i'm like i sent one to catherine and i was like look i was like look how weird this is we just talked <laughs> about this but like i i've 
I'm learning a lot and it's really cool to kind of see, like I said, just to have everything kind of like basically verified, I guess is the only word that I can think of right sure. now. Sure. It's, it's yeah. really cool. So I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about this because I'm just like geeking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So Brian, before we before we ask you for any last words of wisdom, I want to know, is there like a stigma around the word sponsorship now? Because I've heard that before where people, a lot of people that get the sponsorship like pitches, cold pitches right off the email, the second they hear the word sponsorship, they just kind of get the ick. They like pull away immediate delete. Is that is that a thing? Is there a secret language? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. And so if I see an email that comes across and, you know, it's person name and their writer number or something and, you know, I'm, I'm looking for sponsorship, I guess because I've been on the other side of the table that it doesn't turn me off as much, you know, and, and a long time ago when I was with the Houston Dynamo owned by the, you know, then massive company called AEG Anschutz Entertainment Group who owned the LA, LA Galaxy la kings nhl team and, and the staples center just the o2 in london so many massive properties right we were always cautioned about the word um partnerships in any any documents and things and um the reason being is you don't want people to think it's true partnership so that was one they said not try not to use and i don't know i, I don't know if I, I agreed with that or disagreed and and you know, because it a lot of this, it, it really does need to be a partnership so that both sides succeed, right? I mean, essentially, that's what it is, because you're right, the word one word sponsorship seems one direction in some ways, instead of partnership is both sides are involved, you know, to help each other, you know, achieve results. And, you know, same way, it's like, you know, Motul, whoever, you know, it, again, it wasn't like, great, they're sponsoring us. You know, I hope this logo, if people see it on the on the on the blog that, oh, I'm going to look up Motul. No, I have to make sure that they are looking up Motul and I, I need to make sure that we're using all of the assets that we have available to see Motul. I need to be that ex that marketing extension. So the word sponsorship, I, it doesn't necessarily turn me off or, or say like, oh, boy, but. It just depends on what follows in that first couple lines again, if I'm if I'm going to go. If I'm even going to reply, if I'm not going to reply, you know, it's I'm not that person that 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 doesn't reply. I typically reply to everyone, and I, I've always felt like it doesn't matter if, if I'm at 49 years old and it's a 21 year old kid. I, I may his dad may want me to work for him. He may become the president of a company, and so I always I just always wanted to say like when I was his age, I would have appreciated for somebody to respond to me as well. So I typically will respond i don't just i say i delete. I don't just delete. I, I i will respond to everyone and say thank you for reaching out just not this time it's not a good time so um again i'm so sorry i, I get long-winded i it, but this is fun to <laughs> yeah. no it's good rants are good because it, <laughs> it gives you know the thing with podcasts is it's hard because nobody cares about our story they've heard our story the past like 13 episodes we've made now it's time for your story so we want to hear you rant you know we want to kind of yeah interject less so for sure it's good yeah it's funny because actually Catherine did this a couple episodes ago that she went like on this rant and i was like it's good though like when you start talking like that and you kind of just go off because it shows your passion and it shows that you like you really care about what you're talking about because if you have just like short little answers i mean yeah it could be because you're tired but usually it's because you're you don't care as much when you get like super into something people can tell that and yeah. i i personally want to listen to those people more because that passion really shines through so yeah no i appreciate that i appreciate that yeah yeah well cool brian i'm not going to take you more than an hour I'm, so i'm good <laughs> if you want to go for a few more minutes i i do have to run soon I, like i said i am driving the truck and trailer so you can see how small of a company we are we all kind of pitch in where we can i like going the races anyway but uh yeah 4 a.m departure tomorrow um you know you look like you're in sun. I think Angels in Minnesota or maybe Arizona. I don't know, but it's been it was 19 degrees here in Central Texas. It was icy again yesterday. I think we have a high of 16 overnight. 
So I'm I'm hoping that the weather in Southern California is, even though we're in the high desert, so I know it gets cold, but um, it yeah, was just to get cold the last two days, and the was wind it? has been atrocious. Today I was like I layered up thinking it was going to be like just like every other day, and it was seventy no. something into, and oh. I have all of my black gear on with like three yeah. black layers, and the sun's just of beating course. on me. Of course, I'm yeah. like, why? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know, maybe just don't bring yeah. the cold with you, please. Like yeah. I, I moved out no, here to get away from it too. So I mean, that's, that's why I'm in a sweatshirt and I have a long sleeve shirt under it. And yeah, it's the heat, you know, they, they're asking us to save energy and, and whatnot. So, cause there's like very in, low wind. I'm in North Dakota right now. Oh, North Dakota. Yeah. You said that. Duh. Yeah. This last weekend it was, um, negative 58 with our wind chill and no. I decided that was a good time to try and drive a couple hours away. Um, my car had such a hard time keeping up. It was so terrible. And the whole time I was driving, I was like, why didn't I just move to California with Catherine? Like, <laughs> why didn't I just do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've, uh, I've driven across North Dakota and you're right. There's, there's parts of that place is pretty flat, pretty flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was that like, was where, the are the, where are the mountains? <laughs> yeah, there's no, 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 no. no. There's I, if you get to like way west North Dakota, there's the Badlands, which is really yeah, cool. I went to the, they're not really mountains, they're kind of more like mini canyons. Yeah. So yeah. I stopped still, I, I stopped there and made sure I took pictures and yeah, kept going home. Yeah. I think I was on my way. I picked up the truck and trailer in Michigan and went across my first time across Minnesota and North Dakota. Yeah uh i'd been to montana before and i forget where i went boise idaho i think is where i dropped it off so um, oh, okay yeah but yeah so what are you looking forward to most in your your drive that you're going to be taking i mean other than waking up at 4 a.m <laughs> <laughs> um, like spots that you're like looking to stop at or anything no no I, I get to tag team with a gentleman named claudio camaro from our our that works down in the shop and um we haven't really got to spend a lot of time together before so it'll be it'll be cool to you know have 15 hours at least driving at least plus you know stops and whatnot because we are D we have to be dot certified because of the weight so um we're both restricted to 11 hour drive days and uh but teaming up we'll go 15. um i've done this route a few times i can tell you what i'm least looking forward to is crossing into california because you can only go 55 miles an hour it's so dumb yeah it's like you cross through the vegetable you know are you carrying any you know fruits or vegetables or meat or anything no just dirt bikes i want to go and then anything being towed 55 miles an hour whereas in texas the speed limit was 85 and we're going all of it you know um so i i've seen this route before and so i don't know it'll be kind of cool though with when claudio's driving to to peek out the window more than what i do when i am driving so but uh I don't know. We we have an F three fifty dually platinum, so it has massaging seats and and cooling seats or heated seats, and so it makes it it makes it bearable. And and you know towing that trailer, it just it tows it so so nicely. So I think I'm most look uh, I'm most excited about just seeing everybody again. You know the the enduro cross season wrapped up in in uh, November, and and I I wasn't there for the last couple of rounds, so you know I haven't seen the paddock in you know a few months, and just see new people on new teams and and uh you know just just that first catch up and this is this round is very early because uh, the next round in arizona is until the end of march so we'll, we'll have a nice long window in between but um so it makes us all hurry up and scramble to get our graphics done and get all of our sponsorships done and in and and make sure the activations are done and um yeah so i don't know it's sometimes just driving even when you're by yourself it's kind of it can be peaceful at times too and then you get the people that honk at you like yeah that's the Sherco truck you know like, <laughs> so it, that's always fun too or they they post on social media and i'm like yeah i was in there i, I saw you guys so um yeah well, that's kind of cool i guess i never yeah. really thought about that aspect of yeah. it yeah that's sometimes i'll do a story like i may even do it tomorrow four in the morning just scroll the truck with the lights on and everything like if you see us i 10 west take a picture and we'll send you some some goodies like um progressive our title sponsor sent us a bunch of hats and so I'd, i'll just have cody and cooper autograph it and and then send it to somebody if they you know actually saw us and and shared it with us so yeah just fun That's stuff like really that cool. yeah all right so 
Well, I need to be on I-10 by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 starting in San Antonio. Well, yeah, basically San Antonio, yep. Yeah, for sure. um, Brian, I have a shame. I have two shameless plug questions okay. for you. Okay. A uh, question number one. I'm actually writing a book uh, oh. for sponsorship seekers, Sweet. and I'm wondering if you would be willing to write the foreword when I'm done with it. I'd be honored. Yes. <laughs> I was like scared to ask that question for Why? so long. I was like, I'll just get him on the podcast instead. I don't really? know because I feel like I feel like I keep asking like Brian, you want to come do this thing? Brian, you want to come talk about sponsorships? And I'm like, I still haven't gotten you in Minnesota. Obviously, yet. I, I enjoy <laughs> it, so it's all good. Yeah, I feel I feel bad because I found out. So the guy that does the marketing for Moon Motorsports had a horrendous crash last oh, year, and he's been in and out of surgeries. Like he just had another one a couple weeks ago. So I've been. I've been plugging away at other ones, but I've been waiting for them because I know you want them. And it's like, God, <laughs> oh, so man. I feel bad, well, but I'm, I'm working don't... on it. Angel's even got us a plug for Colorado, maybe for you. So, okay. Maybe yeah. she's working okay. on Work, it. Working with <laughs> the guy. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. But the second shameless plug is how important is a coach for somebody that has no idea what they're doing for sponsorship? You know, we just talked about it and I was looking back at my first day at a desk at the Houston Rockets, even just selling tickets. And they sat me down. That's your desk. I didn't really even, I didn't have a computer yet. And what am I supposed to do? I like tap the guy and show, what am I supposed to do? He goes, you see that box over there? He's like, grab a bunch of pieces of paper out of that, put it on your desk and call those people. So people would sign up to win this dates me, but Akeem Olajuwon autograph shoe or basketball, whatever it was. And on there, they'd indicate there's a checkbox. I'm interested in season tickets. So I picked up the phone for the first time and I'm like, this is Brian and I'm with the Houston Rockets. Um, it says you, you'd like season tickets. You know, how can I, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. So having, there was a uh, groups, one in particular called game face marketing, which was essentially uh, was a guy named Rob Cornelis. So I'll, cause he would see us one time, remembered our names after just asking one time, knew everybody's name in the room. And um he taught us all these tricks on how to sell and so without those i would have been just miserable but within within the first year and you have to remember the houston rockets just came off championships this is the wnba had just started the houston comets so rockets had been sold out my focus was houston comets and arena football team and i became even though i was late to the game i was in the top three in terms of sales quickly because I learned how to do it because I had those kind of mentors and people I could go and talk to. And, but to answer your question, it is, it is crucial. I think, especially, especially sponsorship because of it's just way more than, you know, ticket sales, which ticket sales is not just ticket sales. It's family entertainment. It's, you know, it's like Starbucks. I saw you drinking Starbucks. It's not coffee. It's an, an experience. So, um, yeah, it's it's crucial. And if I could recommend anybody, I'd recommend Catherine Hurley. You know, <laughs> um, so, no, it, it's it is. It's very important no matter what you're doing. I think in business, even though, you know, where I am, I have a mentor. He's back in Houston, but, you know, we'll, we connect every once in a while. So I make sure that I'm on top of my game. I, I try to find marketing resources, sales resources, and, and again, just try to stay ahead of the game and, and learn. Just I just you constantly need to be learning. Um, to better your craft, whether that's riding a dirt bike, selling sponsorships, uh, whatever it may be, swinging so coffee. Brian, you're saying that you didn't just be born with the ability to sell multi-million dollar jersey deal. <laughs> My mom said, you got a job in sales? You barely talk. I'm like, yeah, mom, <laughs> I did. I sure did. So, um, yes, the, you're some people have a gift of gab which i i don't have um but you know i know a lot of people that can just strike up a conversation and i sit there and I go gosh i wish i had that ability to do that and then i said well we innately we we all do it's just figuring out the right thing to say at the right moment and uh and then you can kind of hit it off but yeah you're right it's uh it's it's something sponsorship is is not something you just say okay i think i'm going to get sponsorships today and it's not going it's not going to happen you're going to fail miserably so um just yeah 
you need a coach. Yeah. You, need a, you need a mentor. Oh, thank you. I keep getting questions now. Do you do sponsorships? Like you have to have all of your stuff signed by a certain month or is there a continuous wheel of the ability to get sponsored throughout the year? Yeah, there's, I think it's no matter whether it's major league soccer or, or Sherco same, we're in the same boat, whether it's inbound, you know, whether I'm on this side of the table or that side of the table. So if I'm asking people into the season, you know, there's certainly retroactive or stuff. It just depends on budget cycles. It's like, well, sorry, we can't, we don't have any, any money or others like, yeah, you know, we don't, it doesn't depend on our fiscal or whenever, you know, whenever we are. So, and it could be a totally different budget. I think I mentioned to this before, it doesn't have to be a marketing budget. They could be, uh, I sold several sponsorships for the Houston Dynamo where it came out of an HR budget. One in particular yes. was a, a company called uh, Stat Oil at the time. Um, it was the Norwegian state oil company that had operations in Houston and there was a shortage of engineers and so they did a big sponsorship to recruit engineers and it was all about education and their activation was on the occasion so it didn't come out of a marketing budget it came out of hr and sales actually so um so there's there's you know don't just ask for the marketing budget well oh you don't have any money in your budget well what about the sales budget what about you know the hr budget and things where you know we can be creative and figuring this out um even on your billing, like if if they're like, well, you get a deal in November, is it okay if we pay you in January? And if it works for you, it works for you. You know, do it. Just be creative to to figure those things out. So yeah, certainly we'll take half season, you know, do you know late season or whatever it may be. Clearly, we want to have enough window where we can get things like this printed up and and done. And because the cost after the fact, if we do get another big one, we'll usually put that on the sponsor saying, well, if you want that now your guys are gonna have to pay for that instead of us. So just, yeah, be mindful of that. Nice. I like that. Um, well, I am going to call it on my questions. <laughs> Angel, do you have any more questions before we ask Brian for some final words of wisdom? No, I think you took my last one, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. we won't take too much more of your time, Brian, just wanna ask, do you have any last words for anybody who might be listening? Words of wisdom, like they're listening to this, wondering what the heck sponsorship even is. Well, I think I think they need to be thankful for you for looking out for everyone and, and at least thinking about this because it's it it is daunting. And, and I've looked from GNCC to you know Supercross privateers, and even those folks that are racing pro class that that don't have a clue they you know it's not they're great at riding a dirt bike i mean let's face it they are great but you know having that conversation knowing what to say having the ability to uh uh to to trigger you know the right responses and, and things is, is so crucial so um yeah i just applaud you for for doing this and and i'm honored to be a part of this and and, and just sharing you know what i've learned over over time and 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 if anybody you know has any questions directly for me just reach out to Catherine and she can set up you know introductions and things so um you know more than happy to do that kind of stuff so yeah you know that there's just such a need there's such a need and and there is there is opportunity i think that's where i think i saw it on your post is like people think well there's not opportunity there's no opportunity for me i'm just this person in Texas, or I'm just this person in Minnesota, or whatever it may be, and they don't care about me. Well, you have to change your mindset, change that attitude, and you know there could be opportunity. I mean, even if it's just budget relieving things, like you get a free motorcycle, you're getting free oil, you're getting free this that. It doesn't. It costs you a lot less to participate in this very costly sport. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, think about those types of things. Well, cool. All right, um, I'll call it if. Any of you guys listening have any questions about coaching or want to check out the classes, there's a $7 course. Otherwise, the coaching is also available at www.leakymushroom.com. And then just click sponsorships. Easy peasy. There's my shameless plug. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Thank shameless. You so much, it is not shameless. It is meant to, it has to happen. People need to go. Then $7? I mean, come on, people. That is an easy investment in yourself. I mean, if you're not investing in yourself, you're not going to succeed going forward. So take advantage of that seven bucks. 
I mean, come yeah, on. The seven dollars is for the people who are all like, coaching's too expensive. Like, I just need to figure out what to do, how to start. So that that seven dollar course is all about just it's three lessons. It's how to get a sponsor's attention. It's how to stop getting ghosted by sponsors. And it's the seven, the seven deadly objections that sponsors have and the seven secret questions to ask them to get them to want to schedule another meeting with you. Kind of like what we talked about, about finding that, that value, that customer acquisition, like the weird, the weird subtleties that happen, yeah. lots of sales yeah. stuff. So. I need to take your ghosting class. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've already kind of been a part of it. Zach started it with you, so he followed that framework and it worked. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, come on, people, seven bucks for that? That is quality right there. That is so amazing. That's that's awesome. Get in there. Thank you. www.leakymushroom.com. Get in there. And then click on sponsorship. Get in there. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a stellar rest of your day. Happy packing and safe travels. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.